The Den, Conversations with Andrew Wolfe. Today's guest in The Den is Alejandro Zululaga, Colombian composer and guitar player. Um, I'm very excited to have a musician in the room with me today. Um, I've spoken to ballet dancers, I've spoken to business people, I've spoken to lawyers, I've spoken to sportsmen, but um, I think the subject of creativity when you get into music becomes very interesting. So Alejandro, welcome to The Den. Okay, thank you Andrew for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here and to have the opportunity to talk with you about creativity, which is a pretty interesting subject. Super. So to start with, Alejandro, I wonder if you might just tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey uh, to where you are today. Well, uh, first of all, I am a musician and composer and guitarist. I've been doing this since I was probably 11 or 12 years old, as many other musicians that we start very early. And I've been working in that field as composer, as performer. Also, I studied uh, IT, information technology, uh, but more related uh, to art. So that's more uh, programming computers and computer graphics, and yes, like basically using the computer for uh, digital audio and digital images and programming. That's a really interesting mix of, of tech and music, creativity and, and science, I suppose, is it? Exactly. Yeah. That's like going in a totally different direction compared to the normal conservatory path that you study composition and then you continue studying that for all your, all your life. Uh, for me, it was a change because I went to, into this technical field, which is IT, and the challenge here was to be able to connect music with technology and science. Actually, my professors were physicists, computer scientists, I mean, that was very challenging, mm. so mm. interesting. Mm. And how did you get on with the, with the technologically minded people and the creativity in, in your head? Did you, did you clash or were you, was there a nice fusion? No, actually it was very smooth, I think, the process, but for me it was very tough in the beginning because when you come from an artistic background and you have to face computers and all this uh, programming stuff, you really have to change your process of thinking and you need to adjust your brain again to totally in a field where you don't have any subjective uh, like themes or subjective I don't know approaches to the things you you have to be very precise and yeah so it was difficult in, in the beginning. This is a fascinating fusion. Um, I started off as a designer using this and paper and and I'm for the viewers who can't see it or the listeners who can't see it I'm holding up a pencil. So pencil and paper is what a designer uses and ultimately that's our tool. Um, the brain and the pencil and the paper. And now we spend all our days on a computer and actually we've become, we've morphed into some, uh, an animal that can transcend technology and, and art uh, by using the computer uh, to, 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 as, as a tool. So the computer's become 
a replacement for, for the pencil that we, that we used. Exactly, I see the computers as a new instrument. For example, in my field in music, the computer is just like a piano, like two centuries ago. Of course, you, you need to adjust to that new media, but in the end, it's just an instrument that you have to, to learn how to use and that will, will serve you as a, as a tool to communicate your ideas and your, uh, your artistic view of, about something. Amazing. And, and do you use the computers to visualize as well? So you're visualizing music? Uh, not really. Actually, I used the computer in that particular field. I used the computer to analyze, for example, genetic code and some artificial intelligent systems. And out of that, I took some information and, then, and later I translated that information into music. So the computer was a tool for me to analyze data, like huge uh, amounts of data, and to be able to extract the information and then to convert that into into sound. So can get get let let, let me let me explore that. So you're taking the d data from DNA, did you say? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you're making yes. music of it. So you could make music from my DNA. Yes. Yeah. Actually, Amazing. Yes. Actually, that's a process where you can take any kind of, of, of information. Could be genetic codes, could be the growth of populations, the wind, speed, whatever. And you can translate all that data into either images or sound. Amazing. Um, translating that into my world, um, there's a very well-known brand identity created for a Brazilian telecoms company called Oi. And okay. OI, um, the visual identity moves when you speak. So mm -hmm. the sound has an impact on the visual, which I find very interesting yes. that, that we can have. So the sound is impacting the visual as opposed to the, the data impacting the sound, which is your world. Exactly. Exactly. You can connect. Yes, computers allow you to connect everything now, like in that, I mean, in that sense, you can connect, you can modify a an image with sound or with the weather or with any kind of source and um, yeah that's a huge field and an endless field and incredible i love it um and and tell me about your music then alejandro you you have a classical i've i've listened to some classical music you play or very very um sounds traditional to me and then you've got some very contemporary sounding music. You, you seem to be able to transcend both. Yes, actually my background is in classical music. And I was trained as a classical composer, uh, but also uh, I've been studying my whole life uh, popular music, um, jazz also. And I really enjoy to listen to music from all around the world. So I like world music in general. Like, Today I could be listening to, actually I was listening to music from uh, 10 centuries ago, French music, and tomorrow I could be listening to classical Indian music or Korean Indian music. So for me, that's like a huge table of choices. And probably because of that, I, I, I cannot make any difference between classical or popular music or jazz or whatever. For me, it's pretty much the same. 
Although I'm interested, um, I had a conversation with uh, a young man called Harris Bell, who's a classical ballet dancer. And we had a very interesting conversation about creativity in classical ballet because there are very formal processes and steps and ways of doing classical ballet. And imagine in music there are very formal notations and ways of playing music and classical music expectations of how you play. And I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in how creative can you be within those confines, whereas in jazz you're expected to go off, off piste and, and, and improvise and, and ad lib. Actually, when you, for example, play some Beethoven sonata, everything is written, the music is in front of you, but uh, that's only like the surface. When you see the paper, you see the score, that's only a surface, because you have to, as a performer, you have to go like inside the composer's mind, and the only tool that you have is the score in front of you. So you really need to understand the social context, the um, artistic context. The, uh, I mean, all the all the factors that were involved into that music and into that composer also. And you need to decipher that information in front of you. So you really need to be creative in order to reach, I mean, if possible, the goal of understanding the composer's mind. And 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 I, I I imagine there's a lot of personal emotion as well. You you have your it's your personal emotional interpretation of that that score in front of you, yeah? Exactly, because the score contains a lot of information of technical technical information related to, to music, like counterpoint, harmony, rhythm, everything is very precise and very technical in some way. But that's only a tool for the composer to express himself. So you need to add on top of that your emotion, your aesthetics, everything. So it's a mix between technical and uh, more, well, what can I say, like more uh, solid things. Yeah, yeah, you bring soul to it. And, and I'm interested as well, you, you, you're a composer who plays. Mm -hmm. And I guess most composers play. I mean, Beethoven was a, an amazing pianist by all accounts. Mozart was a great player. Um, I, I, don't, I can't think of any other composers immediately who, who also play, but Bach. I, I guess that's quite Bach. normal, is it? Yeah, Bach, yeah, so, so many. Yes, that could be normal. I, mean, I have a fight right now, I mean, in general with life, because some composers, they don't play anymore. They just want to write the music and some other people will play the music. So I'm very old-fashioned that way because I really like to be a composer and a performer the, the same way as Bach or Beethoven did, exactly the same. And, and another interesting person in music is the conductor potentially. So you've got the composer, you've got the orchestra, and then you've got this conductor who's actually putting his interpretation on the music on how he performs and how he asks his orchestra to play his music, I guess. Exactly. The conductor is the performer of the piece and the orchestra is his instrument. So so he's not dealing with a, with a piano. He's dealing with probably 80 musicians and they are his instrument. So he 
needs to really understand the whole orchestra score to really dig into really deep into, into this information and yeah, then translate that with the orchestra in front of him. Fantastic. And um, bring me into your contemporary music. I, I saw some video on your website of you playing an electric guitar in a very unusual way and getting strange sounds out of an electric guitar. Mm -hmm. where, 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 where does all that come from? That's, that seems a, a very creative process to me. Actually, um, I am, as I told you, I'm a, I'm, I am a classical composer. And I was trained in this classical tradition, European tradition, but I play electric guitar. So that's that's very unusual because most of the time the composers play piano or they also play violin or all these classical instruments. But in my case, I play electric guitar. So I need to adjust my instrument with the music that I wanted to to play. And I started uh, writing music for solo electric guitar, trying to emulate in some way what a pianist can do. That they can go and play a concert uh, alone, a solo concert, uh, a violin player can do that also. So I wanted to, to have music written for electric guitar that I could play as a soloist also in a more classical context. No, no, I mean, I didn't want to, to play with a rock band, which is the usual setup for an electric guitar. I just wanted to play alone in a very formal environment, uh, pretty much following the same way as a pianist can do. Nice, and and I would love to imagine one day there might be a concerto for solo electric guitarist and orchestra. There are some already. Uh, I wouldn't say they are like the kind of music that I would like to to listen to. Okay. But yes, that's one. One, one option, and yes, actually, actually, I want, I want to do that later, but I need more infrastructure for that. And Alejandro, what what's your next step in your music? Where's it all going? Where, what's the journey um, that you're going? Is is do do you see an end point? Do you see something you're trying to achieve? Um, being a composer is about writing music, right? So you could have degrees from universities and conservatories in composition, but if you don't write music, you are not a composer. So being a composer is not just a degree. You need to earn that, that title by yourself. You need to write music, you need to produce a lot of music. And if you compare uh, I mean, if I compare myself with Bach, for example, I'm just a little baby next to him, like, I'm just crawling, basically, next to him. So, I mean, the, the path is very uh, long and steep, I think. Um, and, and, and I guess never-ending. You, you know, exactly. you, you, there's, there's no end point. You, you have music coming out of you all your life till the very last breath of your, exactly. of your life, huh? Yeah. A composer will never get, get uh, retired. Like you, you don't say, like when I get sixty-five, I will finish a break. That won't happen at all. I mean, so you, you 
need to continue your whole life writing music and playing music and that's an endless path I think. So for me it's more about writing, improving and trying to learn because Rachmaninoff, the Russian composer, he said once that uh, music is enough for one life, but one life is not enough for music. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. And and let's let's pull the conversation back to creativity for a moment, Alejandro. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your creative process. Do you do you have a specific process, or do you is it evolutionary, or how do you how do you deal with creativity? I think creativity in terms of music and related to, com to composition, for example, um, that's something that you can learn, first of all, and that is something that you have to work on a lot, also. Like, creativity is not something that falls from the sky by itself. You really need to put a, a lot of effort and work into that in order to be creative. Like, for example, uh, I study improvisation all the time, more in a jazz context. And I study improvisation not because I want to improvise in my concerts, but because I want to have more tools when I compose. So I can produce as many ideas as possible and as fast as possible when I'm composing. So I'm studying improvisation because of that. I'm not pretending to be a jazz musician. That's not my my line, I would say. Um, so creativity is a process of uh, hard work, I would say, in my case. Like when I have ideas, I could have an idea and I record the idea with my cell phone. But that's like the uh, inspirational moment. That's like that's like the sketch. Exactly. Um, I, I find this fascinating. I, I heard a very famous designer speak many years ago, um, and one of my co-students. It was when I was at art college. One of my co-students asked him where did he get his his bright ideas from, mm -hmm. and he said, "I don't have bright ideas. I have hard work." Exactly. You know, I he, totally he, agree. He just he, he it was layer upon layer of, of hard work of, mm -hmm. of sketching and drawing and redrawing and getting it till it looked right. And I'm sure it's the same in, in music, that it's layer upon layer of activity and practice and until the, you, you get the nuances right, yeah? Exactly, because if you think, for example, um, think about the fifth Beethoven's symphony. That's, of course, well known in the whole world. And that symphony, the first movement at least, uh, is based on, uh, on a couple of notes only. Like that any child could play and anyone could come up with that idea. I mean, in general. But the way the idea is developed is another thing. Like when that idea goes into Beethoven's, into Beethoven's brain, that's a totally different world compared to someone else. So the idea could be, anyone could, could take that idea, that. Like I could give that idea to to any different composers and ask them, ask them write something with this. And every, everybody will come up with something different. So yes, the idea, the, like the inspiration, the inspiration is just a little moment. After that comes the hard work. 
Yeah, and I, and I guess we talked a little bit about the score being the, the, the technical manifestation of the idea. Is that right? Yes. Um, so, so once Beethoven's written that down, his famous fifth or any, mus any composer's written their music, they, they've, they, it doesn't stop being creative, interestingly, because they, mm -hmm. they've, they've put the technical information down on paper. But then a musician picks up that piece of paper and they interpret it again. Exactly. And I find I find that really interesting. So the composer is creative to start with, and then he puts it down on paper and gives it to someone as a technical document. But that that musician then interprets that technical document. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, the music is not finished when you say when you finish the score. If you finish a, an orchestral score and you said it's finished, that's not true. The work will be finished, I mean, uh, theoretically will be finished when it's played, when it's performed, and actually it will never be finished because everybody will have a different approach to the work and a different interpretation of the work. So all the performers are giving new life and actually are, uh, they are working also on the piece, like trying to complete the, the piece by itself, the music. Amazing. I, I, I love that thought that it's, it's, it's never finished. Mm -hmm. uh, it's played again and it's played differently from the last time and exactly. it's played differently from what the composer imagined yeah, fantastic exactly and, uh, and also the work is gone once you finish playing it there is no more, no more work so you need to build again the whole work again to, if you want to listen to it like one performance of the fifth is already gone if you want to listen again to, to the fifth someone else will have to perform that again and related to that I was thinking about um, I was once in Salzburg and I went to in Austria and I went to the Mozart Museum and there was a letter hanging on the wall written by Mozart and the letter said that Mozart was saying in that letter I'm I will try to quote hey, like, he said like everybody think that all my talent fell down from the sky that, I, that he got everything from, from the sky, from no, nowhere. But everybody is ignoring the hard work that I put into this in order to create all this music. Like people think of Mozart like someone gifted and he got it for free. And he said in that letter, that's a lie. Like I've worked a lot to reach this point of creativity. Yeah, I think that's the same in so many walks of life. A sportsman might be gifted, but they have to train. Exactly. A musician might be gifted, but they have to practice. A designer might be gifted. An artist might be gifted, but they have to practice their art. Exactly. And, and interestingly, we talk about practitioners and architectural, you know, an architectural practice, uh, design practice as the business. Mm -hmm. So in English, you call it a practice. Mm -hmm. And the word practice, I think, is very important there because we do we practice what we what we do day in day out we practice it therefore we get good at it over time exactly i think talent is just five or ten percent yeah I of everything yeah. your 90 percent is the work you put into it and in that sense creativity is more about working i mean of course you need you need to have some talent shouldn't be excessive but you need to have some possibility to, to perform certain certain tasks uh, but in the end creativity one could be, you can teach creativity because there are tools that you use in order to create something. And creativity is also diligence, 
dedication. Yeah, I mean, it's my view, and I think it's well documented that creativity is everyone has creativity. No one is not creative. It's just some of us have the skill to express some, something creative, creatively.、Um, I find it very frustrating when people say, "I can't draw." Well, everyone—if you can hold a pencil, you can draw.、Um, and similarly,、um, if you can have an idea, you're creative. And the human—the essence of human beings—is that we can have ideas. And as soon as you can have an idea, you're creative. So we can imagine, and our imagination is the creativity. That's exactly, exactly. That's our essence. It's like someone, like a soccer player, for example. You can have someone very talented, but if that person is laying on the couch the whole day, that talent is totally wasted. So you need to to put the work.、Uh, and, and basically, the, the difference is that who is able to who wants to put the work, you know, to to draw or to play an instrument, because you need thousands of hours of practice if you want to reach a certain level. And going back to starting at the age of eleven, Alejandro, you you picked up a guitar and you played it and you loved it. Is how how did that happen? For me, it was like a, a game, basically. I didn't have a, a teacher that was telling me what to do. I just grabbed a guitar and I started playing with friends. I had a few lessons when I was a child, but in general, that was my I I, I, it wasn't an effort for me to play guitar. That was my. That was very natural. Like someone that grabs a pencil and starts drawing with, without any any reason. So and it is actually、um, in this moment it's pretty much the same. Like I take the guitar, I study more, but it's like a game for me. And and just out out of interest, did you have music in the family? Was were your、no. parents playing music? Were siblings playing playing music? No, no one. I'm the first. No. <laughs> but yes, I'm the first, and yes. But my father was very, very much into classical music, so probably I got the the taste for for the music from my father. And moving on a bit from the age eleven, if you were talking to your twenty-one-year-old self, Alejandro, what advice would you give yourself? Um. Oh. Tell to myself to be more involved with the in- industry and the business, not only thinking about this abstract world of sound and ideas, but to be more involved with reality and to to be more、uh, involved with the business, with how that can become a source for making your life, and because. We as musicians, the same as mathematicians,、uh, as many as philosophers, we tend to be in the clouds all the time. Designers, designers are the same, Alejandro.、Um, on the one hand, we want to be commercial; on the other hand, we want to be creative, and、exactly. and it's very hard to bring the two together,、uh, yes. and 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 bring them together tightly. Yes. So that would be my advice to myself: like, be creative, but also be focused on the business itself and how to. Promote yourself and actually to make your living out of that what you love to. Not only thinking about clouds and ideas and abstract. Excellent,、things. excellent. I, I, that's a great bit of advice, Alejandro.、Um, tell me, what are you doing in the next few days? Are you playing music? Are you recording music? Are you writing music? 
Yes, actually, I have a, a couple of concerts. I will play in a jazz festival here in Colombia in, in three, four weeks. And I have, I have another concert in a very uh, well-known auditorium here in, in Bogota also. So these days I'll be playing, but um, all the time uh, studying here, composing, also programming computers, like um, spending my time doing doing many things at the same time. Computers, I like finance, I like music, I like art. Fantastic. Well, listen, I hope the concerts go well in the next few weeks for you. It's been a real um, insight for me talking to you. I've, it's not a world I'm familiar with. I, I love listening to music. I used to play music, but um, you know, it's understanding the creative process and understanding where you come from it has been really interesting. I really appreciate you giving me your time, Alejandro. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Andrew, for having me here. It was a pleasure to talk with you and creativity. All the best. Thank you. listening to The Den, a series of conversations about the business of creativity and creative thinking in business. Thank you.